This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, I want to bring you a message today entitled, Whatever. Anybody ever said that? Anybody, that's not a good thing to say? Right in the middle of an argument? Well, whatever. That's almost as bad as fine. <laughs> what does that even mean, right? Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Well, I want you to get a better... Matter of fact, just say it with me. Would you say that? Whatever. whatever. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse number 30 reads like this. And those he predestined, that's where we talked two weeks ago, that God predestined you. God predicted, when God looked at you, he said, I see a winner. God predestined you to win. God picked you to win. God picked you to succeed. God loves you. But as much as he picked you, he also positioned you. I want you to get this. He positioned you to win. And I feel the love of Jesus as we're saying that today. Those he predestined. He also called. This is the first time in three services I feel to pray at this point, but let's bow our heads. God, we confess your positioning. We are not here by accident. We are doing what you have planned for us to do. For those you predestined, you also called. Those you called, you justified, and those you justified, you glorified. Father, thank you that there is something better and it's in your service that we will find it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, Charlie and I were riding in the school this week, and, and I always love it when this, it's just the right time this time of year for the morning to just be beautiful. And he actually made my day this week because uh, I'm always like, stop, 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 see the beauty. And, and we're driving up the road, and he's like, Uncle Don, Uncle Don, stop, 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 look at the beauty. And we've just seen that moment. I turned down the road. We turned to go to his school. And as I'm driving down this road, just out of nowhere, and I guess I was a little quieter that morning, he, he said to me, he said, Uncle Don, why did you sign up to be a preacher? He signed up for baseball. He figured I signed up to be a preacher. Amen. So why did you sign up to be a preacher? And we're talking this morning about signing up and life change. And, and, and sometimes it's not as much about signing up as it is stepping up. It's about becoming what you feel that, that you're supposed to be. And so I started trying to talk to him about what it means to be called. What it means to be called. And, and a lot of you at some point have either given what they call a preacher calling here in the South or, or, or you, you, you felt called to be this or a church calls someone to be the pastor. And what does it mean? And the Bible says very plainly here, it says that there's a purpose from God for everyone. He predestined all believers, and he has called those that he predestined. And, and so I understand that I'm called to do what I'm doing. I mean, I really believe this is what I'm called to do. But in the same right, I'm not, on, I'm not the only one called. I want everybody to get this. Everyone in this room is called. Everybody here. Some of you are going, whoa, 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 I don't want to preach. You may not be called to preach. And some of you went, hallelujah, Amen right? You may not be called to get up in front of everyone, but you're called to something. And so the word says God made a plan for your life and then he positions you. A calling means you step into the, the position. He positions you in the right place to walk in the destiny that he's called you for. And no matter what stage, uh, what, what, what you have been through, what you've done in the past, no matter, I don't even care what your record is, no matter where you are, what fears haunt you, God has a plan for your life. God wants to use you for his glory. Can I get an Amen. 
You know, one of my favorite stories about that is about a young girl named Agnes. Do we have any Agneses here this morning? All right, no Agneses. Okay, a young girl named Agnes. And Agnes, as a teenager, felt the call of God to, to, to go to India. And so Agnes went to India, and, and while she was there in the slums of India serving, Agnes was so impacted that, that she, just, she just was so, so excited that, that she ran, and she ran to her mission board. And as she came to her mission board, she said to her mission board, she said, I have a dream to build an orphanage, and, and I have three pennies to do that with. And what would an intelligent missions board do? What would they say? They said to her, young lady, you can't do anything with three pennies and a dream. And Agnes looked back at them and said this, said, but you don't understand. I have three pennies, a dream and God, and with God, I can do anything. And so this young lady would spend the next 50 years of her life caring for the hurting and the broken. In 1979, she would receive the Nobel Peace Prize and the world would know of Mother Teresa. And today, 4,500 others serve in the ministry she created with three pennies and a dream because God, I feel God as I'm talking to you. You see, the thing was, God moved her somewhere and she was put in the right position. And when she got in the right position, it fulfilled not only in her life, but it spills over onto others. And somebody this morning needs to understand that, that when God puts you in the right position, it's not only going to change your life, but it's going to change the lives of others around you because God created you for a purpose. Well, I feel his presence as I'm talking to you today. God wants you to step into your God-called position. People would say to her, how can I make a difference like you made? And she said this, I found my Calcutta. You need to find your whatever. What is your whatever? What is the thing that excites you? What is the thing that will keep you awake? This morning, I, I was awakened just boom, like this, about, about 3 a.m., and I've sought God and prayed, and, and this time, this time together, because I believe that what God wants to do in this place is significant. I believe that what He wants to do will change our lives, and you have to find that thing that puts you on mission, that gets you involved in what God has called you to do. And here's something I want you to understand. When you get on mission for God, never underestimate someone on a mission from God. When somebody feels like they're doing what God's called them to, hell can't stop them. As a matter of fact, Jesus even made the promise. He said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. When somebody feels like they're on a mission from God, they'll run further than they could ever run. They'll do more than they could ever do. They'll give everything as long as they're fulfilling God's plan for their life. And I want you to get this today. You need to be on mission for God in your life. See, God has not only predicted your success but he's even called you to a specific area of service. God has deemed a certain mission for your life, and that is from God. You see, when you're living in something and you're following a vision, it's not your vision. It's his vision. It's not your business. It's his business. It's not your job. It's his job. It's not your cause. It's his cause. Somebody came to, I was preaching a, a, a Bible school one time and I spoke to them about why it's not your ministry, it's his ministry. And this little lady comes walking up to me afterwards and she was just so angry. She said, I just got so mad at you. She said, I have spent my whole life trying to build this ministry and, and it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And you come in here tonight and you tell me it's not mine. How dare you say that? And she said, but then God began to deal with my heart. I have only taken it as far as it could go, but what will it become when I turn it over to what God has created it to be? What can your life become when you stop trying to hold on and determine every moment 
And instead, you throw your hands up and abandon to the king of kings and you say, God, I want what you want for my life. What can it become? What can it become? You see, I don't care how you think you got where you are or whose mistake or yours mistake. You are where you are. You are in the position you're in right now because God wants you in that position because he's wanting to use you right where you are. And no matter where you work or what you do, you are called by God. I don't care what your job is. You're called by God. The way you do your job is your sermon. The congregation are those are your colleagues around you. And when you punch in at the time clock, no matter where you are, you're on a mission. You know, our last service, one of the leaders in that service, people that serve around here all the time, I love the way they they came to our church. They were going through a grocery store line, buying their groceries down in Cumming, Georgia, and a young man that was checking them out at the grocery store uh, ministered to them, and they started talking about the things of God, and he invited them to War Hill, and now they're a leader at War Hill. Why? Because a young man who was checking out groceries realized something. He said, I'm on a mission for God, and I'll use this spot for God's glory. The question is, will you use your spot for God's glory? You see, when we start speaking of calling and being on mission, many of us start living out the story of Jonah instead. God has a plan for our lives, but we're too blinded by our own situation to step into God's call. You see, Jonah was given a simple task. He was told to go to Nineveh and preach the coming judgment of God. That was it. He wasn't told to build a church there. He wasn't told to rescue them. He wasn't told to open some mass exodus for them. He was simply told, go there and tell them I'm about to judge them. That's all he was told. You see, Jonah had a problem with that, though. It seemed simple. Just go obey God. But he hated the Ninevites. Some historians tell us that it's most probable that some of Jonah's own family had been slaughtered by raiding Ninevite groups. That there was a prejudice between the Israeli people and the Ninevite people that was so deep that, that what God said to him and said, I want you to just get past all your prejudice, get past all your pain, and I want you to go do what I've told you to do. And Jonah said, I can't. I can't. Now look, and this is, I don't know why, but in this service, this, this sermon finally feels like it's making sense. Some of you, God called you. I have spoken even over you today telling you God has a purpose for your life. And all you can think about is all the reasons why God couldn't use you. And your own pain and your own prejudice holds, holds you back. You go, but pastor, you don't understand. I'm this, I'm that. I made this mistake. I did this when I was 16. I, I, I have this scar. I, I have this problem. I tried this once before. And that's the same thing that Jonah did. He couldn't get past his own problem to get involved with God to help solve other people's problems. Why? Because his own problems were weighing him down. So what did he do? He ran from God. We know the story. He gets on a boat. He's going somewhere. The the storms come. They throw him out of the boat. I mean, this is a childhood story. They throw him out of the boat. Suddenly a fish swallows him. He's in the, he's in the belly of the fish and he's praying. He's crying out to God and watch what happens. When God has that fish spit him out, he's right on the road back to where he's supposed to be. And many of us struggle because we can't believe that God might actually use us. We're just glad he, he mistakenly saved us. Can I go there for just a moment? Half of us are living this way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk real careful because I don't want him to realize that he, let, that he let somebody in that wasn't supposed to be in. God knows who you are. God knows what you've done. And God still chose you. As a matter of fact, he said the call of God is without repentance. He wants to use you. Problem is you're too busy trying to be somebody else. So many of you want to stand here and talk every Sunday morning. It's going to be real loud with both of us screaming. Come on. God wants to use you where you are, doing what you're doing. And what happens is God will line you up. 
And many of us, though, struggle and we're stuck at where we are because we won't use where we are for God's glory. We don't want to be in the same place. We don't want to be on the same job. We deal with the same struggles because we don't realize that we only need one key to begin to advance. Are you ready for it? Here it is. Live for God where you are. Most of us are like, if I could ever get there, if I could ever let somebody notice me, if I'd ever get that promotion, then I'd be all right. No, be all right where you are. Walk in God's purpose right where you are. Stop dreaming about tomorrow and start serving God today. Here are a few things that are going to help you begin to walk past the problems that hinder you. Number one, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. I want you to get this. See, most of us feel like God could never use us. I don't know who you are, but God's got a great call on your life. And, and, and I preached through two services of hell trying to figure out who this sermon was for. And now you're here in this service. I don't know who you are, but God's talking to some hard-headed person this morning. Come on, amen. Because I kept going, maybe the service is for the next service. Now I'm where we're supposed to be. I want you to get this. And you've been sitting there going, well, God couldn't use me because I'm unqualified. You know why God qualifies the called and doesn't call the qualified? is because he wants someone who needs him. If you have it all together, you will tend to say, God, you move on over and let me show you how it's done. But God wants to call you to something so big, so amazing, that you have to walk with him every step of the way. God wants to use you in such a way that it goes beyond your abilities. You know, I was talking with somebody this week about what God was doing in their life, and they never dreamed what God could do. And, you know, my dad preached in here last Sunday morning, and, and, and of course, I mean, I've grown up watching him minister the gospel, but, but my dad always tells the story of why he wouldn't go to church. My dad wouldn't go to church because he didn't want to go somewhere they might ask him to say something in front of another person. He didn't want to read publicly because he felt uneducated. Dad, as a young farm boy, didn't want to go to God's house, but all of a sudden God got a hold of him, and now he's preached thousands and thousands and thousands of messages, and and hundreds and hundreds have given their lives to Jesus Christ. Why? Because God wants to take a person who thought, I never, and God says, that's who I specialize in, and I can. And that's who God wants you to be. God wants to take your never and turn it into what he can do through you. Amen. Secondly, I want you to learn to criticize by creating. Criticize by creating. This is probably one of the best things my parents taught me. My parents said to me, don't criticize it, fix it. That's called a dramatic pause, sorry. (laughs) Amen. If you don't like it, fix it. Now look, there are things you're going to notice that I'm not going to notice. When I was in that service last weekend, I was watching every little part that most people would have missed. The pastor leaned over to me. He said, by the way, will you please tell us what what you see that we need to work on? I said, man, I'm having fun. He said, no, seriously, because he knew my training was coming into place. Now, look, Kyle, I'm going to pick on you since you're on the front row. (laughs) Kyle comes into a room, and when Kyle sees, Kyle did an amazing job on on a new project for us back here. And Kyle saw how to fix that. I'm sure everything was perfectly square in that room and everything worked out. He's giving me this. Why? He noticed that it wasn't. You see, I don't walk into a room and say, ooh, that's out of square. I walk into the room and say, where can we sit more people so they can hear about Jesus? You see, what you're called to 
is what God has equipped you to use for His glory. What you're good at, what you see, who you are. That's why God created you the way you are. Pastor Don, give me something we can shout about today. No, I want to give you something you can live on today. And you see, God wants you to realize that the reason you see things the way you see them is because he created you that way to fix them. So instead of stepping back and going, well, they ought to do something about that, it's sort of like the guy who came to me about a bathroom over here, and he he came to me and said, Pastor, there is a constant leak down that pipe. And I I said, you noticed that? He said, I did notice that. I said, man, I'm in there every single day working here. I've never noticed that. He said, well, it's there. I said, praise God for showing it to you. What are you going to do about it? He said, whoa, 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 I just wanted you to know. I said, no, 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 don't you know how to plumb? He said, yes. I said, then God has chosen you to fix it in Jesus' name. Amen. Why? Because instead of being, you know what, criti- you know what critical people are? Lazy. People who just criticize, they don't want to do anything about it, that's lazy. But when we begin, see, some of you are going to look at the next time your spouse and you're in an argument, they're being critical, you're like, you're just lazy. Pastor said, come on, amen. I know how it's going. Don't send me hate mail. Come on, amen. But instead, <laughs> instead of criticizing, start doing something about, about it and do it better than what the level you were complaining at about it. Help. Jump in. Be a part. I just love the way we've got one person in our church there in the earlier service that, that if I do an illustrated sermon and I didn't consult them, they'll come up and go, I could have helped you with that. And I'm like, I'm like, you could have, couldn't you? And so you know what? Now I work them to death in that. Come on now. Amen. Why? Because it's where they find fulfillment. I'm trying to help you. The reason you notice it, I may not even notice it, but the reason you're noticing it is because that's where God called you to. And I just want you to get this. This church could be at a stronger place with more people coming to Jesus Christ. You're going, Pastor Don, you're already overwhelmed. You're preaching three times. But you know what? People are going to hell in this community. And if all of us were operating in our calling, then we'd be doing greater than we've done before. Amen. Amen. We got to stop pointing out the problems unless we're willing to help fix the problems. Somebody goes, what's wrong with the church? There's nothing wrong with the church. I'm preaching about being called. And one of the ways I tell people where you're called is when you see a problem. If you don't like what's happening in the kids' class, it's a novel idea, but volunteer. Amen. Man, there was very few amens on that one. <laughs> you think we can park better? Volunteer. Think you can preach better? God help you. I'm going to have a talk with you. Amen. <laughs> Number three. The anointing is for everyone. The anointing. See, I think in church we say some weird words. People are like, oh, he had the anointing. I, I went to a church one time, and, and they were telling me how it was a sign that person had the anointing. And, and I thought, man, I don't know what that's about. But see, the anointing is that extra presence of God. It's like I was telling you, I was feeling just a moment ago when I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that person begins to sing, and as they open their mouth, and you just feel it. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you are not going to say amen no matter what I say? You know, you just feel it. I'm going to tell you somebody that was anointed of God, Whitney Houston. She may not have used it all for God, but she started in God's house. And when she would open that mouth, whoo, goodness. That presence, she was doing what she was created for. Get this, the anointing's for everybody. It's when you... You get in tune with being who God's created you to be. It doesn't matter what your mission is. That's what I wrote. It doesn't matter if you're a teacher. 
a computer tech, an entrepreneur, a doctor, or a barista. God wants to anoint you to do whatever he has called you to do. The anointing is the sign that God is with you, and it is unleashed when you start living out God's purposes for your life. I want people around me that are anointed. I want my child or children taught by teachers who are not only well-educated, but it's obvious they're doing what God's called them to do. They're anointed. And if I have to go see a surgeon, I want them to have been at a good medical college. Come on now, amen. But I want them to be obvious they're chosen and anointed. I want it to be obvious they're doing what God's called them to do. And on that occasional morning that I have to stop and get two shots of espresso, I want a God-given, on-point barista. Come on now, amen. Because some of them are like, I want one that's like flipping the stuff around and making me excited while they're doing it. Amen. Why? Because they're walking in God's purpose and call for their life. And let me just tell you why you can do that. Because when you're walking in God's purpose for your life, you're happier than you normally are. We're trying to help you tie into what God means for you. Number four, live for the applause of nail-scarred hands. We hear about how God used David. David wasn't always where his father was trying to become his best son. He, he was out in the wilderness singing to his father in heaven. It's not about whether or not someone recognizes you. It's not about if people see your value and see what, you, see what you're doing. What it's about is whether or not you're doing what you know you're supposed to to help others see the love of Jesus Christ. We do what we do for the applause of nail-scarred hands. You know, there's a verse that really ministers to me about this. And it helps me because sometimes some of the things I'm doing are more busy work. I mean, I signed up to preach this gospel and sometimes some of the meetings and the, and I mean, I'm literally just zoning out. And I remember though what the word says. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 31. You need this verse. You should memorize this verse. I want you to see this. Throw it, throw it up there on the screen. So whether you eat or drink or what? Ever. Oh, hold on. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now, I just gave some of you permission to go to the buffet. And I'm, some of you are going to go, well, glory to God. I'm going to show what I can do. Amen. Maybe you ought to resist what you can do. Uh-oh, turn that one around on you, didn't I? Amen. But listen to what he says to do. Whatever. Whatever you're doing, do that for the glory of God. Whatever it is. Whatever you find yourself, I don't care what job you find yourself in. You, most of us are going, God, what do you want from my life? God, what do you want from my life? God's reply, Whatever. Some of you go, whoa, 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 God's not brass like that. Yeah, he's right here. Whatever you're doing, do that right and see if my word's not true. If you're faithful over the little things, you shall then be given much. His word's true. God, what do you want? What do you want? Whatever. Where are you finding yourself? I don't care if, if it's taking that test in school or if it's the way you do your homework or the way you present yourself to your teachers, if it's, if it's the way that you, you have to input that thing or the thing you're painting. My wife, she hates when I paint. 
I mean, she does. I messed up. The, I'm going to tell you one of the best things for any young couples in here. Do something wrong. 25 years ago, I painted a bad wall, and she won't let me paint hardly again. <laughs> but the other day, I was painting, and I was hating every minute of the painting. I was painting away. I was thinking, where is she to do it this time? Come on now. Amen. Amen. I'm painting that wall and I'm not enjoying every bit of it. But then I began to, I began to realize I want that wall to look right. I, I want it to be right. And, and this is what this verse says. Instead of just, just doing something to finish your job and instead of just cashing out, why don't you, why don't you check people out at that grocery store in such a way they look at you and say, there's something different about you. Why don't you finish that job in such a way that, that the people you're working around, they say, we've never worked around anybody like you. What is it about you and when you begin to do what's right all of a sudden that opens the door for what is right and you can share the love of Jesus Christ with a lost and dying world because wherever and whatever you're doing you did it for Jesus amen we're too busy trying to be somebody that we're not God uses you based on what you did where you are the whatever where you are somebody was asking me just recently pastor did you ever dream you could preach this or go here and preach that and and, and no but where did it start? I'm going to tell you where it started. It didn't start because I could preach it. It started because on a Friday night, I used to have, as a young man, I'd have, even before I could drive, I'd have myself dropped off at church and, and we had pews. And, and, and in those pews, they, they had those little things that they put the visitor cards in and the tie thing. You know what I'm talking about? The little wooden things. And adults, not kids, but adults can stick gum down in there like unbelievably. And they would, they would stick stuff off. And on Friday nights, I'd come to God's house and I, I'd begin to pop that out and I, I'd begin to clean that out. And, and, and I would spend Friday night and I'd just walk around that room worshiping God and praising God. And then somebody said, Hey, here's a group of boys. Nobody else wants to, nobody else wants to teach. I said, let me tell them about Jesus. And before long, somebody said, well, you preach down at the nursing home and I'd be preaching my guts out. I remember I was just a little kid and I was, I was preaching and I was like, I was like, God wants to save your soul and I, because you know, you might see him soon. <laughs> Amen. And uh, I was at the nursing home, you know. And, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe that. But I was preaching my guts out and just telling them everything I had. And every time when I'd hit that point where I was just felt like I was really preaching good, this one little lady raised her hand and go, preacher, preacher, preacher. And I'd say, yeah. She said, sing Jesus loves me. And I'd stop and sing Jesus loves me. And then I'd preach about the love of Jesus a little bit more. You'll never preach somewhere. You'll never work somewhere. You'll never do something that you're not willing to start right where you are now and say, God, I don't even understand. You know, what? I didn't understand why people stuck that gum down in that, those things. But I do understand this, that the reason and I have the opportunities today and God reminded it of me the other day when I was doing something I didn't want to do. It was nasty. It was filthy. But God said, boy, I picked you because you started here. I'm going to use you because you're still willing to go here. You've got to get to that place yourself. Look, you may not want to be driving that truck. You might not want to be doing that thing, but do it for the glory of God because greater things are in store for those who are faithful. Amen. Oswald Chambers said it this way. It is inbred in us that we have to do exceptional things for God, but we have not. We have to be exceptional in the ordinary things. Many would drop anything to pursue a task for the glory of God, but few will do everything for the glory of God. Many of us are just waiting for that moment when we can walk away from everything because God finally gave us a purpose. According to this verse, according to Ecclesiastes, though, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. What God is saying is, look, do where you are right. 
Make the decision where you are. When you go from these doors here in just a few moments, you can either revert back to before this service or you can be changed. Make a decision. I'm going to be what God's called me to be. But Pastor Don, I don't like where I am. Stop trying to run from it and start letting God have glory in it and watch how quickly it changes. But do the everything. The next day, if you're making a lunch for a child going to school, do it for the glory of God. Come on now, amen. I remember when I felt loved by my parents. When I'd open that lunchbox and if there were two little Debbies in there, I was real happy. Come on now, amen. (laughs) But there was a way. I'll never forget, Arlene, actually I remember your daddy preaching a a, a sermon about how you cut his hamburgers. That was like, I think the night I met y'all made me remember something in my own life. That's why I remember it. There's a way to cut a sandwich into those perfect four pieces. You know what I'm talking about? To where you don't cut it all the way through, but it's just cut. Just, just. And when my mom would do a sandwich like that, that just said, I love you. And so I'm making lunches, cutting them. Just right because it says I love you what do you have to do to say I love you what thing that's been defeating you because you're tired of doing it what that numbers you have to keep inputting or what class do you have to keep teaching or what is it you have to keep doing so that it will Say, I love you to God. God's chosen you. He's picked you for this hour, this generation. He predestined you for here. And he's called you. And he's chosen you. And you are not disqualified. Even if you feel unqualified, you're still able through Christ who strengthens you. Would you stand with me today? I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said. He said, he said, if you are a street sweeper, then sweep the streets the same way that Michelangelo painted or that Beethoven composed or that Shakespeare wrote poetry. He said, sweep the streets in such a manner that it will cause the host of heaven to stop what they are doing and say, here lived a great street sweeper. What is your task? What is your job? What is your opportunity? You're called. You're chosen. You are favored. This is your time. This is your moment. This is your whatever. Bow your heads with me today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to the one who is but also was and is to come. When you know, I'm telling you, somebody in this service, and it's maybe probably a lot more than one of you, I literally feel like the other services endured this, though I know some were ministered to, endured this because somebody in here, God wants you to stop resisting his call on your life and it's time for you to step into it. 
time for you to trust him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, quickly this morning, if you're here and you know exactly what your whatever is and you know you need to give that to Jesus, that you're willing to say, I will use my whatever for your glory. Can I see your hands if that's you? Yeah, hands all over this place. Hallelujah. You can put your hands down. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I can't give him my whatever because I've never given him my life. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he came and he died for you. And then he arose from the dead. And now he offers you life by believing in his resurrected power and accepting his sacrifice. If that is you today, you say, Pastor Don, today's the day I want to give everything to Jesus. I can't give him my whatever until I give him my everything. If that's you, can I just see your hand right where you are? Would you hold it up high? Thank you. Thank you. Are there others? Thank you. There are three men that have responded. Are there others today? They said, this is my day. This is my time to give him my everything. Thank you, young man. Are there others? Would you join hands with someone near you, please? We're going to pray a prayer of faith. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that God raised Christ from the dead, that Jesus Christ is Lord, we would be born again. Someone prayed this prayer with us, and now we're going to pray it with you. Let's pray together by faith. Jesus, right now, I believe your promises. And in the name of Christ, Father, forgive me of all my sins. I give you my past, my present, and my future. And in Jesus' name, I receive grace and forgiveness in Jesus' name. From this moment forward, all that I am belongs unto Christ. And now, God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for those that have prayed this today. This day, this hour marks their time. This is the time for them to surrender their whole to Christ. Father, not only for them, but for those that were saved last night in the the great crusade in Atlanta and those that will be saved tonight in that crusade, we intercede now. Let there be a sealing of the Holy Spirit. Father, let them grow to know you like never before. And as this new step of Christ, I thank you, God, for how you've changed them and you're going to continue to change them. Father, I thank you for your favor and your blessings, for you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, all of these who have said, I will give you my whatever, Lord, as they offer that to you, I thank you, God, that they're going to begin to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Isn't God good? That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now. Real Love Now.